I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Tuesday, March 3, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Another rodeo ride, another extremely wild day out in the markets all day long. As a result, I have a variety also called a potpourri of stuff that I want to go through in tonight's video. So I try to organize things so that it can do it in a clear and concise way so that everybody can follow along and it makes total sense. Here's what I came up with. There's no possible way that could happen. We're going to be all over the place, but we're going to look at a lot of different things. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to look at a variety of different charts, and I guarantee you one thing. You're going to learn stuff. Not only will you learn stuff, but during the course of the video, when we point out certain numbers that took place today, you're also going to go, holy shit, and I have news for you. I even go, holy shit, sometimes. The point spread is redonkulous, but the numbers and the market trading technically sound is working. Let's start out with the big picture. Before we even take a look or discuss the daily chart, the first thing we want to do is talk about what happened early on today. So the market, and we discussed this before, the market is looking for an excuse to rally. So it's waiting on the Fed once again. It wants the Fed to come to the rescue. In fact, there was a lot of discussion about a global coordinated effort. They've done this before. Bank of Japan, our Federal Reserve, the ECB, and so on. And they do a coordinated global effort. What's that global effort for? It's to stimulate the economy by papering over a problem. This isn't new. They've been at this for decades. So now let's talk about the reality of a couple of different angles, a couple of different things. Can the Fed solve the coronavirus problem? After all, the market has been selling on fears, and I'm using air quotes, we get the whole thing. The black swan event in the coronavirus was the spark that turned the market. We can debate this till the cows come home. The market was going down anyway. Could you measure the crash or the magnitude? At least I can't. Not to that magnitude. However, here we are again. The market is waiting, again, air quotes, with bated breath, waiting on the Fed to come to the rescue. The reality is the Fed can't solve the problem the Fed can add stability. The Fed can add confidence to the market. The Fed lowering interest rates by 50 basis points doesn't do anything. At this point, it's pushing on a string. After all, who's going to benefit from them lowering interest rates by 50 basis points? All right, a few people buying a home, a few people taking out mortgages. Great, their monthly payments will be slightly less couple of hundred bucks maybe, whatever it is. Is that going to move the needle in the economy? No. The banks are able to borrow less because the Fed funds rate went down. Are they going to lower the rate on your credit card? No. Is the cost of goods sold at the store that you and I buy going to come down? No. When would it come down? When supply and demand changes. When the demand goes down, the supply goes up, the price comes down. That happens 
in a recession, so it is tongue-in-cheek. There is an element of where that can happen if things get bad enough. How does that work? And it's not what most people think. It's not the economy drives the market. Case in point, and I've done this many times, so think about exactly what's happening now. Something sparks the market to unravel. That happened. Everything was fine a day before. Think about it. Not a day before the coronavirus appeared. That happened a while ago. A day before it mattered. Those are two entirely different things. The market goes down, and then all of a sudden, the fear of an economic slowdown, recession, whatever you want to call it, all of a sudden, that becomes front and center conversation. So the market is driving what the economic results will be down the road. If the market, for example, keeps going down and we have a prolonged bear market, companies will report contracted earnings. Why? Because the fear of a recession first causes people to slow down what they spend. If the market was going up every single day and we had more money than we had yesterday every single day, within reason, it's a conversation. Just go with it. Then we spend easier. We spend freely. It's human nature. But if there's fear out there and the discussion is fear, we listen to the discussion, we have no choice, but our subconscious and conscious is impacted by that. As a result, we start to spend less. When we as a group, meaning an entire country, begin to spend less, the companies we buy stuff from earn less money. They report lower earnings. It sends the market lower. When they report lower earnings, they want to cut costs to try and chase the earning curve. How do they do that? They resort to layoffs. When they lay off people, people lose their paycheck. When they lose their paycheck, they spend less money. It's a vicious cycle. And that's exactly the way it works, but it doesn't happen the way most people think it does. It actually starts with a crack in the market every single time. Let's get back to the daily chart and let's go over a couple of important things. We'll start with the morning session, so we'll start with the market rallying up. The Fed comes out with their news and right around 10 a.m. in the morning, the market shoots up and here's a 15-minute candle. You can see the candle that had a low of 305.82 and a high of 313.84. A tremendous, tremendous rally in the market in a very short period of time. Quite the burst. Now, let's talk about what actually happened. The market went up right to a number that we discussed right here last night. 312, 312.50, 313. I'm quite certain we discussed that. Here's right around 312. There was a reason for that. Any trader that's taken the course, lazy e-mini trader, was able to identify the exact and precise reason that number came up. They're able to calculate that number on their own. So what happened? On an hourly chart, the market, and this is the candle right here, at 10.30, ending 10.30 a.m., puts in a sign or signal of a trend change. This, among others, is also right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. And what happened? The market sold off all day long. Where did it go? Just want to magnify things so we go down to a five-minute chart. It went right to a number that everybody is extremely familiar with, 297.91. Spiked it down by a little bit, popped right back up, 
and basically started to rally up until the point in which they gave up at the 100 period moving average on this chart. We'll call it a little bit north of 304. Also, right out of the course is another reason A, the market found support at an important number, and this one was here in these videos, and we have numbers that are discussed inside the numbers. The market did a specific thing based on the hourly chart, again, right out of the course into that number, and then began to rally. Gave it up at the end of the day. We're in a very and extremely volatile market. That was from Captain Obvious. Now we're back to the daily chart. Now that we know why the market stopped short where it did this morning, now there's no guarantee that it's going to do that, but under normal garden variety market conditions, there's going to be overhead resistance up in that zone. There's a couple of things going on. Now we really want to focus in on what are they doing? Who's they? The market participants. That's what makes a market. I think the market's going to do one thing. You think it's going to do something else. John Smith thinks it's going to do A, B, and C. And Jane Doe thinks it's going to do X, Y, and Z. That's what makes a market. A lot of different people look at the same information, the same thing, and they come out with a different result or a different expectation. That, by definition, is the market. So there's a couple of things going on. We could have another failure. They could make lower lows right away. And if that happens, I can certainly tell you there will be an enormous amount of confidence lost in the Fed. If people think the Fed was going to come to the rescue and they came to the rescue and the market went down anyway. And by the way, this has happened many times before, but people forget So they think the Fed can rescue the market. The Fed comes to the rescue. The market goes up immediately, turns around, goes back down. If we end up making lower lows and the Fed ends up being a non-event or the catalyst for a market turn from an important price where the market did an important thing after making an important low from an important high, A, that's the market's way of telling you it's trading technically sound, and it is. And B, if people don't think the Fed can come to the rescue, they will have a different outlook on the market. Risk will then be at a different or elevated level than it was the day before. So that's case number A or case number one. We have a move down, a tremendous move down. We have a retracement to a very specific spot. And then we have a failure and new lows, lower lows below these lows. Definitely one of the schematics on the table, no doubt about it. What's the other schematic on the table? Well, you're going to have to go with me on this one. It's half conspiracy theory, half schematic, half we've seen this before. The market was at an extremely, extremely depressed level, very oversold. That has to be in air quotes. There's no measurement for it. However, the rubber band was stretched, broken, sewn back together, broken again, finally snapped back. Can all they muster is a two, two and a half day rally and that's it? If that's the case, things could get rather ugly rather quickly. The other side of that is that this was simply the B leg of an ABC pattern so you have the move higher off the low as the a leg the pullback into a very important spot 297.91 that's not something we came up with yesterday we've been watching that number it continues to be important we see the importance rear its head 
almost every single day. In fact, not almost, but every single day since we said it was important. Therefore, until it's not, it is. And if that's the case, then we have another leg higher coming to suck in more bulls who will think the correction is over. The bears who think we're going to make lower lows will run for cover. The Fed gets a reprieve. The market has more of a retracement, if you will, more so in time than price. And then what happens? And then they hit him again. So if we're not going to make lower lows and we'll know earlier, we'll know sooner than later, then this is a possible schematic in the camp of, I've read this book before. What happened inside the numbers today? I have to tell you, we had the schematic pretty well down pat. And by the way, this is not an easy market going on. The swings are wide. They're high, wide, and deep, low, wide, and deep. They're all over the place. The market, meaning the S&P, is moving 10 and 15 handles at a clip like they normally move two or three. You have to read the notes. There's a couple of important things throughout the day that made a lot of sense, helped a lot of traders make money during the day. When you couple the video from last night, the commentary in the pre-market, and early on today, there were traders that took advantage of the scenario. What about stocks on the move? We had a couple of stocks on the move hit today, Peloton and Cisco. We'll take a look at their charts. Nothing earth-shattering, but we'll look at the charts nonetheless. As the morning begins to get underway, I put some early thoughts on the board. We start talking about something that's taught in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. It's market symmetry. Not going to get into too much detail, but my point is, when you see things happening, and it's not just one thing, it's a stack. When you see something stacking up on something else, that's stacking up on something else, all pointing to the same thing, it's the three guys tell you you're drunk, go take a seat. It's the duck conversation. When it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, chances are, using the 80-20 rule, it's going to be a duck. So let's continue scrolling up. You can start and stop the video at your leisure. You can read the notes. I urge you to read the notes because after I go through the notes, what I want to do is spend a moment explaining how we use inside the numbers, how traders are taking advantage of inside the numbers. How can you get better at using inside the numbers? It's like anything else. It's a process. If you take the Lazy E-Mini Trader course and you watch it through, are you going to be as good as you will be after you watch it through four or five times? And the answer is obvious. No, you won't. The more you watch it, the more you're going to learn. There's so much in there that you're going to pick up more stuff every single time you watch it. I hear that all the time from traders that heed the advice and watch it over and over and over again. Now, are you paying attention to these notes? 3032, the ES3032 and the ES3070. That came into play today. You need to take heed. These numbers were important. We know our numbers. If you know your numbers and you have an idea of what the market's doing and why, guess what? You can use it to profitability. And we're not just messing around here, folks, and I'm getting extra, extra serious. We've got traders making money. Let's finish out the notes here. We'll get up to the top. There we go. Now, what we'll do is we'll go back to the charts 
These are the numbers. This is the S&P E-mini futures contract. These are the numbers that you just saw from inside the numbers, 3070 and 3032. There were other numbers, but these two are a case in point. Now, we're in a wild market, so the points on either side of these numbers is vast. You can't have a two-point stop in a market like this. It doesn't work. You'll be stopped out before you even enter the trade. And I realize that's not possible it's a metaphor. But here you can see where 3070 is important. I just switched over to a pit session chart so that we don't have extra data we don't need so that you can see exactly what happened. In fact, let's go down to a five minute chart. So here's that super spike on that Fed news right around 10 o'clock in the morning. And then you can see 3070. All of a sudden, it was support. It's an important number. Then when it broke it, you can see we came back to test it and they gave up the ghost. They come down to what? 3032. These are numbers that were inside the numbers. They're on the board. They're important numbers. So they come down to 3032. Obviously go below, but again, it's not a two point stop in a market environment like this. What do they do? They go right back up to 3070. They come down and they give up 3032 and they come down and they come down to where? Remember, we talked about it before. I'm going to go back to the SPY, and they came down to that same number that you and I have been talking about, 297.91. Yep, go right back up to 30.32, couldn't get through it, sell off into the end of the day. The numbers are working. About stocks on the move, here was one, Cisco. So everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. This is a five-minute chart. So Cisco comes down with the market into that 10 a.m. announcement. What happened? It hits the number, takes the announcement, puts it in its back pocket, takes off like a rocket. Is that amazing? Absolutely, that's amazing. Later in the day, traded to the second number that was on the board, went back above the first, it traded in a range, but it still gave any trader that wanted it the deal. How about Peloton? Not the same, but here's what happened with Peloton. It went to the destination and it stuck around. It didn't take off in the other direction. We talk about that all the time. Sometimes they just hang around. Now, it gave any trader multiple and ample opportunities to book a profit and not a measly profit. Peloton went up to a high of 27.18. So it basically went up 50 cents. 50 cents on a $26 stock is almost 2%. It's not bad. But it didn't go on a rocket ride. So be it. Guess what? It's a base hit. Wasn't the market down like 2 or 3% today? Yeah, it was. We do this day after day after day. I'm telling you, I'm working my ass off for the members. But I love it. Why? Because they tell me about their wins. And guess what? They flow in all day long. Before we move on to another market, I just want to point out the 120-minute chart on the SPY. So when you take a look at this candle here, ending 1,530 hours, military time, 24-hour clock time. I don't know why they do that time. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. It's a nice tail candle into what? A very important number. Then what happened? A retracement. So how do we read that? Well, that low in the spider, 297.57, that low has to be maintained. They can't breach that low. They can't even close hourly below that low. Even though this is a 120-minute chart, that low is important on a lot of different time frames. They can't be getting below that low if, in fact, they're going to have a rally. That, in and of itself, would be a signal of a failure. 
not setting it in stone, but that's a signal of a failure for sure. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, a little bit interesting today. Camp IWM had a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of relative strength against the SPY. We can't read too much into it. It's fractions of a percent. However, it wasn't showing relative weakness, meaning it wasn't leading the market to the downside. So we're going to give it its due. We'll give it a small puzzle piece. We'll put it on the table. We're not paying too much attention to it right now, but it's an awareness. We know about it. There you have it. After that, the chart basically looks the same. All charts basically look the same. Not all to the same magnitude, but they all look very similar to each other. Except the folks down at the transportation department. This one is actually the ugliest. This is my favorite canary in the coal mine. Have I mentioned that before? I mean, if there's a chart that's fugly, this is fugly. You're well below these pivot lows here. You're headed towards this low here. It's showtime for the transports. They get much below 9,000, and that double low, that double bottom comes into jeopardy. Look out. There'll be some defense played down there, but the transports are ugly. My favorite canary in the coal mine, they're telling you something. Doesn't mean the market can't snap back for a day or two, but if it doesn't, it's telling you something. How about the Qs, the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything going on here worthwhile? It's the same chart as the SPY for the most part. Not in the same position, but it's doing the same thing. It's going to do the same thing that the S&P does regardless. 12, 13 point intraday swing in the Qs today. That's just unbelievable. For most people, it's not tradable. One thing's for sure. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of traders. There's a lot of people that think they're traders losing a lot of money in this market. That I can guarantee you. There are Ameritrade and E-Trade and Schwab accounts blowing up every single day. The XLF, quite the thumping down 4% for the XLF. Now again, tied to the financials, this is the whole interest rate, Fed, financials circle thing going on. Here again, the simple story comes out, without the market or without the financials, the market isn't going to get very far. If the financials are melting down, the market's going to be in trouble until that turns around. If the financials are rallying, it's unlikely we're going to see the market meltdown. So we understand that linkage together. Not every day, not all day. It's not all the time, and it's not a correlation. It's an awareness. We're not taking a trade in the S&P because the XLF was down 4% today. I don't want anybody to misunderstand anything. We use it as a guideline. It's information that goes into the puzzle. Do we get any information from good old Smash Mouth, the SMH? Philadelphia Semiconductor Index Proxy ETF. Chart looks the same, same routine, outpacing on the downside down over 3%, but not by much. It was a big down day across the board, so we're not going to make anything extra out of a few more basis points. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, and without you, these videos are not possible? It's a fact, and I do. This is everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss today, so I will give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. 
subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis. Thank you.